You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you think it'll be worth it for the Chiefs to trade up for the first round to get a wide receiver? Draft experts, by the way, seem to be down on this year's wide receiver class and don't think there's as much talent at the top of the draft as we've gotten used to seeing in the past years. So should the Chiefs move up in order to get a guy they know can help the offense? You know, that's, that's the tough part about when you say helping the offense, because I assume we're talking about this year. When you get you go through Correct. free agency, when you, when you go through free agency, a lot of times we're thinking about next year's team. We're thinking, okay, uh, that guy left, so let's get somebody to replace him. With the draft, it's a little bit more nuanced than that because you're drafting dudes who are 21, 22, 23 years old. So it's not always about, can you help us next year? It's, can you help us over the next five years? And if you're good over the next four or five years, then maybe we'll give you a second contract and you can help us over the next 10 years, right? That's right. always the dream with, with guys that you draft. The Chiefs position at wide receiver kind of involves both of those things. They need help next year, but you would also like to lay the groundwork and just know that Patrick Mahomes, who's going to be here for the long haul, is going to have some young, talented receivers around him. If you're Brett Veach, that's a really, that's a hard line to walk, don't you think? Because I've always believed that, and this is maybe a very simplified, oversimplified way of looking at like front offices and NFL struck in of organizational structures, but I've always kind of looked at it like it's the GM's job to position you well for the next five years. It's the head coach's job to position you well next year. Like if I'm Andy Reid, all I care about is next season. If I'm Andy mm-hmm. Reid, I don't care about two years from now. I don't care about three years from now. What can we do to make sure that we're going to be good this year? Whereas Brett Veach, like it's his job to structure this roster and to think down the line and say, okay, well, if we do this now, then what about 12 months from now when this guy's contract expires or that guy's going to want a new deal? He's always having to think a year or two down the line. But the, the wide receiver problem for the Chiefs, if you want to call it a problem, it involves both of those things. I think it's really tough to go into a draft and say, we want the best long-term prospect because some of these guys won't be ready right away. Maybe, maybe there's a guy who you think, won't be the best rookie wide receiver in the class, but three years from now, he's going to be the best of the bunch. Are you okay with waiting? Are you okay waiting for a guy who's going to take some developing and going to take some time to reach his potential? Or are you purely looking at this season and saying, we got Andy Reid, we got Patrick Mahomes, we just won the Super Bowl, we need to compete for a Super Bowl again, so we need someone who can come in and help right away. I really only think there's one guy in this class that fits both of those boxes. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State, and you ain't getting him at pick 31. 
Right. So should you trade up, giving up what would likely, I mean, that guy might be a top 15 pick, Kayla. Should you trade up, giving up what would probably be a second round pick? So you're going to give up your top two picks to go up and get one guy who, even if he's the best player in the class, there is no certainty that he's going to be good. Clyde Edwards Hilaire was the number one running back taken in his draft class. That didn't guarantee that he was going to have a successful NFL career. So I think it's really tough. I think the asking price is not worth the return. You said it in your question. This isn't a great draft class compared to last year or the past three years. And so once you get past that first, why? I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is the real deal. Once you get past him, there's just a lot of question marks at the receiver position. So you're either giving up this massive haul, maybe a first round pick and a day two pick to move up and get a guy. If you're moving up to pick 17 or 18, you're not getting him. You're maybe getting Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston. Those guys aren't, those guys have a lot of question marks in their game. And I'm just not sure they're the types of players that you trade up for. So it sounds great in theory. If you could guarantee me that they go get their guy, then yeah, I would be all for it. But you got to think about the flip side of it too. What do you lose out on by trading up? Because you still need a defensive end. You'd still like to add to the offensive line. You'd like to, you know, replace Colin Saunders, get another defensive tackle. You have a lot of needs, maybe not inherent needs to compete, but just needs to have a complete roster or as complete of a roster as you had last year. And I'm just not sure you want to give up those assets to go up and get something that's not a sure thing. Do you think, just to clarify, do you think Jackson is the top wide receiver in this class or the one that would fit the Chiefs the best? Both. He is... So I've heard a lot of comps, like doing the player comps. I've heard Julian Edelman a lot with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Just like he's not... So he's not a burner. He's not somebody who just has that breakaway speed on the outside. He's not super big. I think he's about 5'11". But that's, I mean, that there's plenty of receivers in the NFL who are 5'11". And six, like Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, like these guys are 5'11". And they're mm-hmm. some of the best players at their position. But he is a silky smooth route runner. He creates separation. We've talked about this on, on this podcast. To play receiver in Andy Reid's offense, you either have to have that breakaway speed downfield like Tyreek Hill had, like Nicole Hardman had, like Marquez Valdez-Scantling has, or you need to be really good at creating separation, which you usually do by just your spatial awareness, which is why Travis Kelsey is so great, or just being like an incredible route runner. Ty- the reason why Tyreek Hill turned into one of the best receivers in the NFL is because he could do both. He had the breakaway speed, and he was an insane route runner, and he just knew how to separate from defenders that's kind of what Jackson Smith and Jigba is. He he doesn't have the speed, but he has the route running. He has the ability to find the soft spots in the zone and just get open across the middle of the field. So he's not somebody who's going to have a lot of big plays downfield, but I just think he's a chain mover. And at this point, that's what this team needs. That's what that's what uh, Juju was. Like Juju wasn't a guy who was put you know breaking the top off the defense, but he was really right. good across the middle with the ball in his hands yards after the catch, picking up first downs. That's what you're looking for. If you can get open, Patrick Mahomes is going to get you the ball. 
he is the best player at getting open of any receiver in this class. I don't know where I'm at on this. Not to sound like a broken record, but I have all the faith in the world in Brett Veach. So I know whatever they do, I'm going to be okay with it and be behind it. But yeah, do we have enough at wide receiver to pass in the draft? Or that's the thing. I think that's the big I don't want to get ahead of myself for the next question, but. Well, that's the big conundrum. It's if you're on the side of saying, no, don't trade up, just sit there at 31. Okay, well, let's say you get to pick, because what these teams will do, Kayla, is they don't just rank every player one through 600. They're going to give first round grades to certain players. And that number may be 15. It may be 24. But let's say there are five receivers who you give first round grades to. Well, if five of, or four of them are gone, but yet, the, you know, if the, if the re last receiver that you gave a first round grade to that's still on the board at pick 31, let's say you have him ranked 27th. Well, what if there's another player at a different position, one that you need, edge rusher, offensive tackle, who's ranked much higher than receiver? than that receiver. What if he's ranked 13th on your board? Okay, well then take the better player, right? You need mm -hmm. them both. He's the better player. Well, now all of a sudden you're waiting to round two and maybe at the end of round two, you don't have the option of picking any of the receivers you gave round two grades to. So if you keep kicking the can down the road, you're just limiting your chances of being right. able to get a guy who you think can be a difference maker for you. So it's really, really tough. Like it's tough, but like, these are also first world problems. <laughs> you know I mean, the, the chiefs aren't here because they did anything wrong. The chiefs are in this position because they won the super bowl. And when you have the super bowl, correct. Turns out they don't give you really high draft selections. So this is where having a really good GM comes in handy. And specifically one who can assess where the pockets of value are at in the draft, because that's what he's going to look at. He's going to go in with his list of priorities and say, okay, wide receiver, pass rusher, offensive lineman. Okay. How strong are each of these positions in the class? Where are the val Where's the value at? Is there any value at picking a wide receiver at 31 or is there not much of a gap between the guys available at 31 and the guys available at 63 when we make our second round pick? That's what you have to kind of decide. It's tough because I really want a diff I really want them to add a real dude at wide receiver. And I just keep looking at all the receivers in this class and I'm just like, I, I don't see it. Like Christian Watson, who the Packers took in, uh, the, I think it was the, the, the first pick of the second round, it was like two picks after the Chiefs took uh, George Karloftis. If he were in this draft class, there's no way the Chiefs would pass on him at pick 31. There's no, no way. He would probably, Kayla, he would probably be the second or third best receiver in this class. Okay. Sky Moore might be a fringe. I mean, he was a fringe first round pick last year. Sky Moore might be like a top five receiver in this class. Seriously. It's just a down year. Crazy. It's a, that's the tough, tough part. It's a bad year 
to need a wide receiver <laughs> at pick 31. Like, it's just not it, the board, I just don't think is going to fall in the Chiefs' favor, which is why if you're if you're someone who believes in, you know, making your own luck, then that would be the biggest, I think, argument for wanting the Chiefs to move up and go get a receiver. Okay. Quick question for you, since we talked about this at length. Um, OBJ to the Ravens, your thoughts? Because we thought for a second he could come to the Chiefs. Well, at that price tag... <laughs> I know why the Chiefs were out. Yeah. And you know what? Kudos to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and his agent for getting that deal because I don't think there's another team that was willing to pay this man potentially $18 million when he hasn't played for a full season. Listen, I was interested in Odell Beckham Jr. We talked about him. I still think he's got gas in the tank. I still think he has... I, th I think he can be a difference maker, and I think he could have fit in nicely with the Chiefs, but they clearly were not willing to spend, and they don't spend on guys that they don't think are worth it. And it doesn't matter what level we're at. It doesn't matter if we're talking about Orlando Brown Jr. wanting $20 million a year or Juju Smith-Schuster wanting $11 million a year or anything in between. They're not going to pay above what they think the value that you're going to bring to the table is. And that's a good, that, that's how any business in America, any business in the world, it would be wise to operate from. This is what we think it's worth. This is what we're willing to pay. There's not a lot of flexibility there. Kudos to Odell Beckham Jr. for getting his paycheck, but $18 million for a guy who hasn't played a full season a full season where he was a difference maker in what, five years? Yep. I mean, how often do guys like that come back and then they're great? Great point. <laughs> how, often do guys, Ravens. how often are guys like riddled with injuries for five years and then they come back and they're just as good as they'd ever been? Doesn't happen very often, which is why I was like, okay, you want to you want to uh, take a flyer on him at $10 million? I'm all about it. Fifteen, just, $18 million? I don't think so. Yeah, I did not see the Ravens coming. They were not on my bingo card for his landing spots, but I didn't either. He was that. That wasn't really a team that was rumored to be in on him. It was all about the Bills. It was all about you know, the Cowboys being thrown out there. The Cowboys were being Back to thrown the Rams. Out there. Yeah, that was a little bit of a surprising one.